0: Hey y'all, welcome back as we continue through the book of Zechariah today. We are on chapter 12 today in the book of Zechariah and this chapter brings us to another oracle where Zechariah takes us to the end times when Jesus returns, the the return of Jesus that we are all still anticipating and waiting for. It is promised repeatedly throughout scripture. So we know it is coming and we stand firm in faith, knowing that is true and that Jesus is coming. And we just need to ask ourselves daily, are we ready? Are we ready for Jesus' return? If he came back in the next 10 seconds, would you do anything different today that you aren't or are doing right now? Would you change anything? We need to live in that anticipation, in that expectation, every moment of our lives and make sure we're sharing the word of God. Make sure we're sharing the love of Jesus, that you can repent from sin. You don't have to stay stuck. You can get it out, confess it to the Lord, repent, turn from it and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Repent from selfishness and serving yourself and instead submit and humble yourself and serve God and God alone with your life. And we need to share that with the people around us that jesus is eternal jesus is compassionate jesus is mercy merciful and he forgives and in, in trading his righteousness for our sin he gave us everything everything we ever need for eternity he gave us when he died on the cross and rose again from the day the grave we can accept him as our lord and savior and live free from sin on earth now and in eternity forever with him and He is going to come and he is going to establish his eternal kingdom when he comes and in that day is found repeatedly through these scriptures as we wrap up the book of Zechariah. And with that, we'll go ahead and dive right into Zechariah chapter 12, verse 1. This message concerning the fate of Israel came from the Lord. This message is from the Lord who stretched out the heavens, laid the foundations of the earth, and formed the human spirit. I will make Jerusalem like an intoxicating drink that makes the nearby nations stagger when they they send their armies to besiege Jerusalem and Judah. On that day, I will make Jerusalem an immovable rock, All the nations will gather against it to try to move it, but they will only hurt themselves. On that day, says the Lord, I will cause every horse to panic and every rider to lose his nerve. I will watch over the people of Judah, but I will blind all the horses of their enemies. And the clans of Judah will say to themselves, The people of Jerusalem have found strength in the Lord of heaven's armies, their God. On that day, I will make the clans of Judah like a flame that sets a woodpile ablaze, or like a burning torch among sheaves of grain. They will burn up all the neighboring nations right and left, while the people living in Jerusalem remain secure. The Lord will give victory to the rest of Judah first before Jerusalem, so that the people of Jerusalem in the royal line of David will not have greater honor than the rest of Judah. On that day, the Lord will defend the people of Jerusalem, the weakest among them will be as mighty as King David, and the royal descendants will be like God, like the angels of the Lord who goes before them. For on that day, I will begin to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. And we're going to pause right there whenever it refers to on that day or in that day or on that day to come it's referring to the day when jesus returns the coming day when jesus returns to earth and jerusalem is mentioned 52 times in the book of zechariah jerusalem is an important city in God's plan and God is not done with Jerusalem he's not done with Israel and he's not done with each and every one of us he has a perfect plan and a perfect purpose and he desires us to choose him for life and be a part of his story for all eternity and Zechariah told us that that God was jealous for Jerusalem and Zion with a greater jealousy in the very first chapter. And this reveals the yearning heart of a loving father for his firstborn nation. And Israel was was the chosen firstborn nation of God, chosen to bring forth our Messiah, Yeshua, and the word of God that we read and and devour and consume today. And God's timing isn't always what we would think it should be, but He knows what He's doing. He is God, and He is wiser than we are, and He will keep His promises to the entire world that are laid out in Scripture. And the oracle opens with the affirmation that God is sovereign and powerful, and he holds all sovereignty and all power. And if we look above us, we see the heavens that he created. And if you ever have a moment, look up some of the NASA recordings that they've gotten from some of the telescopes and how amazing God's creation is. And If we look below us, we see the earth, we see everything that he created on earth around us. And if we look within ourselves, we find the spirit that God poured into us in the very exhale that God gave us when he created us so we could choose him and live a life that honors and glorifies God. And we are not perfect. We never will be this side of heaven, but we are forgiven. We do repent quickly and we keep moving and falling faithfully forward with God only through the mercy and holiness that is found through Christ Jesus. And the God of creation, the God who holds the entire cosmos together, the God who who created everything with a single word, he holds us in his arms. He loves us. He desires to have a relationship and intimacy and honesty with us. And he cares about every single thing, every piece, every little cellular piece of our lives. And he delights in us. He sings over us. He rejoices over us. And the emphasis in these scriptures is on all nations and all peoples. And this attack from the enemy involves armies of the whole world. And it's part of the famous battle of Armageddon that many people speak about and is declared in the book of Joel and Matthew and Revelation and throughout scripture. And the forces are involved in this gathering of this army, that this great army that unifies and cooperates to fight against God and God's people. And Satan uses demonic powers to influence the nations to gather. And the Lord exercises his sovereign powers in the gathering, in in gathering them. And the Lord is victorious. The Lord wins the battle. The Lord comes and returns and binds the enemy with just his presence and breath and in his single word alone. And The nations are they'll they'll plan to swallow up and destroy Jerusalem. But when they begin to, they end up not able to do anything because God will intervene and God will make sure that Jerusalem is held safe in his arms. And history shows that every nation that has ever tried to destroy the Jewish nation has itself been destroyed. And has had to face calamities. And it's going to be no different when the nations join together to try to get, attack God's chosen people in the end times. We can stand firm and know that God is holding us. When we choose Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are protected under His wing. He holds us safe for eternity. And no matter what our circumstances are around us, we don't fear because we know that we are His forever. And anything that happens on this earth is temporary and He's going to carry us into. Eternity with himself. And the Lord is going to make Jerusalem like this immovable rock that cannot be moved, and this rock that won't budge, this rock that stands firm because Christ is holding this rock. And the stone will eventually cut the invading army to pieces. And Jesus ascended to heaven from the Mount of Olives. And when he returns to earth, he will stand on the Mount of Olives and cause a huge earthquake. That That's going to break up the earth and, and destroy the the enemy armies. And the horses are going to panic, it says, in their blindness. And the riders will be possessed by madness and end up fighting each other. And we don't know exactly what that means in our day and time. In the time this was written, remember, it was written to a time in culture where they used horses for armies. Today, we use army tanks. And... and Um, nuclear weapons and all these fighting things that are used in armies. I'm not in it. I've never been in the army, so I don't know all the words for that, but I know there's a lot Of machinery used in battles. And I don't know what God's going to do in this final battle of Armageddon, but God knows. And He knows what He has planned. And He knows that He will be victorious because He is God. He is all powerful and He is all sovereign. And therefore, we know that no matter what happens, we can stand firm that we are going to be safe for eternity with God. No matter what, He watches over us and He makes sure we will be delivered into His eternal kingdom. And there's nothing else that matters in this life at all. And he's going to make the Jews be like fire and their enemies like dry stubble as he swallows them up and demonstrates his amazingly great power in the end. As we see, as we continue reading in verse 10, then I will pour out my spirit of grace and prayer on the family of David and on the people of Jerusalem, and they will look on me, whom they have pierced, and mourn for him as for an only son. They will grieve bitterly for him as for a firstborn son who has died. The sorrow and mourning in Jerusalem on that day will be like a great mourning for Hadad Ramon in the valley of Magiddo. All Israel will mourn. Each clan by itself, and with the husbands separate from their wives, the clan of David will mourn alone, and will the, as will the clan of Nathan, the clan of Levi, and the clan of Shimei. Each of the surviving clans from Judah will mourn separately, and with the husbands separate from their wives. This is going to be individual and personal when Jesus returns. It's going to be an individual and personal account when we stand before the Lord. It's not going to be us with our children our husbands. We take an individual account and each person will answer to God individually. So if there's anything in us, anything that God wants to deal with, we need to be humble yield to him. Let him deal with it. It's not worth it. It's not worth being stuck in sin or pride or selfish ambitions or selfish desires because this world is temporary and those those selfish fleshly desires last like 30 seconds and then it starts all over the next day. We can lay it all down at the cross. Let Jesus heal us. Let Jesus redeem us. Let Jesus sanctify us. May Let his fire refine us and make us more and more like him as we fall more and more in love with him. Let it go, give it to God and be honest with him. Let him deliver you from whatever it is you're struggling with because he desires to. And with the power of the Holy Spirit in you, you can flee from temptation and sin. He gives us that power. He gives us the Holy Spirit. And Israel is going to be delivered from her enemies. And the Lord's ultimate goal is, Not just national preservation, but for spiritual restoration, cleansing, and purification. That is the the most important thing. He wants our hearts. He wants our sincerity. He wants our honesty. He wants a true and intimate relationship with each and every one of us. He wants us to know Him, experience Him, and trust Him with every single cell of our lives. And he wants to reveal himself to us and establish this relationship that's interpersonal. And it's only possible through Jesus. And the repentance will come and it's a gift from god as we hear his word we recognize his grace and mercy and forgiveness and we pour out to our our hearts to him in revival and repent and then god pours out his spirit and the people realize their sins and call out to god for forgiveness and they're cleansed and made pure and right and we see jesus is our messiah he is our yeshua and he came to save us and we are free from any type of judgment from sin because we are free of sin when we accept jesus we have his righteousness in place of our sin and he did that because he wanted to give it all so we could have everything through him and we put our faith in him and forgiveness comes to absolutely any person who puts their faith in jesus the sacrifice that he made for us on the cross and the rising of him he rose on the third day because death cannot hold life down he rose and we can rise with him as well and live in eternity with him through life only found through him he is the only door he is the only only key and there's going to be a deep and sincere national repentance that comes and it's going to be like nothing that we have ever seen before and it starts now we can choose to start now revival We're not waiting for revival. Revival is us. We start revival. We repent. We humble ourselves. We give our lives to God. Revival is now. We bring the revival in our personal lives, and it spreads to those around us as we're willing to repent and turn to Him and be honest about our struggles and say, you know what? I blew it, and I'm sorry, and I just thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. Let's keep moving forward and share those things. Share our testimonies and point people to Jesus with every single second of our lives. Thanks y'all. I hope you're having a most glorious day in the Lord.